welcome to another episode of Invisible Disco's podcast, Writer's Block Party. We're hoping to share the work of emerging artists and break down the all-too-mysticized process of creating and developing art. I am Amelia Annan. And I am Thea Thronson. And today we have the wonderful guest, Sam Carberry. Sam Carberry, she, they, is a writer, actor, director, and a recent graduate from New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, where they studied at the Experimental Theater Wing and Stone Street Studios. Inspired by a childhood penchant for backyard theater and an enduring love of history, Sam aspires to create worlds where the realistic and the fantastical merge into vibrant backdrops through which to explore memory, choice, and experience. During quarantine, they have been experimenting with multimedia storytelling and long-form fiction. Recent credits include Giving Up the Ghost, 2019, Dark Skies, 2020, Faces in the Moon, 2020, and The Final Frontier, 2020. Hi, Sam. Hi. That all makes 2020 sound way more productive for me than it was, but there you go. Hey. Yeah. Proud of you. I was like, okay, 2020. (laughs) I'm 2020. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Keep it coming. So, so you brought in a little uh, a piece for us. I did. I what, did. what is it called? It's the beginning of. I mean, I wrote this thing yesterday, so you and I will all be discovering together what it is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but in theory, it's a piece I'm thinking about called "Eyes in the Back of My Head." Um, okay. Good title. Yeah. Thank you. I was pretty proud of the title. That's probably the thing I'm yeah. proudest about. A good title can really like really do it for you. I, know, I was like, oh, okay. Maybe like I'll... when I come up with a good title, I'm like. Yeah, right. like, I was like, maybe I should go do back. Do I even really need anything to else? Reflect the title more. <laughs> right. I'm like, hmm. like, that's it. But yeah, I don't even a... need to write the piece. <laughs> Thank now. you. And it's good night. A, it's a little. It's a little ditty. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I put all my creativity. So we're gonna work give into it a little that. read. I, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So okay, I guess just we? to preface it, uh, it was written as a piece of prose, and then I just for kicks mm. decided to reorder it into a script format without actually really doing anything to it to make it script-like. Love. So you can definitely read it somewhere in between there. Okay, cool. Roger that. Awesome. And with no further ado, eyes in the back of my head. It reminds me of that one time when we parceled out a week of our lives to live on a boat in Alaska. The ocean is always around us, except every now and again a crust of ice heaves itself upwards out of the endless murmuration, and we scrunch up our faces and wonder if it's the same ice crust we've seen before, if we aren't just going around and around our jagged bit of track, counting the, a duplicitous piece of flotsam twice, thrice, and so too do these little events keep cropping up, like Easter, the solstice, the end of our lease and we scrunch up our faces and wonder at how they've arrived, because isn't this just one big day going around and around? I dedicate this portion of my puzzle to the woman with the golden clogs sweating in the subway. It is the lowest variety of August, the leanest, meanest heat, when thigh sticks to cloth and cloth sticks to thigh, and if you're lucky, it's the cloth sticking to the train seat beneath you when the cold blue gaze of a stranger is calescent, a blister on your cheek. We intolerable sausages strain to stuff ourselves into a beleaguered A-train cab. Jealousy guarding the seat on either side. Pestilence proves our paranoia. As they speak, camera slides to the right to frame the group. The businessmen hiss under their breath. Stay back. Stay away. To my right, a trio of suits cluster around a handrail. Masks flapping uselessly around their ears. Khakis in admirable wilt. Sweat-stained, oozing, uncategorizable stain caked on a dress shoe heel. To my left, the camera slides left. 
A little girl lolls on her mother's lap. The camera returns to center. The woman with the golden clog sweats delicately in the seat across from me. Her whitish hair is a flossy nimbus, licked up and away from the frames of her face in wet, wide whirls. Behind her right ear, a fluorescent confection of orange tulle is losing, losing its fight against gravity. I watch it ride the slip and slide until it stops at the junction of skull between ear and mask loop, a beached anemone. She is delightful. She is a dumpling. She has eyes like baked rosin, clear except for when the light catches in the corners and refracts into shadows of gold and silver. I imagine she has one of those names like Debbie, which I'm biased towards, or Sunny, topical. The kind of name that's easier to say when you're smiling. She moves her crystal gaze over the craggy canyons of we crushed commuters, and the little pockets of flesh above her mask rise higher and higher. Her clogs, they are incandescent. Two sunspots left and right, they are Fahrenheit and Celsius, yellow and gold. They tap lightly at the toe and lightly at the heel, and the pattern of her dance sends heat waves salsing up from the floor. I have just come from a bridge, and therefore, I am disgusting. I am a statue dedicated to dirt, like to like and dust to dust. Whatever scraps of country that remain in New York City can be found underneath my fingernails. My calves are smears of brownish muck, bisected with perspiration, peeling out of crud-crusted sneakers. I can still feel the vibration of scrubbing in my palms. Tribeca Mom Susan, to the left, little girl on lap, stares at me with thinly veiled hostility. The disgust is open. I try to sweat quieter. With sudden alacrity, the girl throws herself from her fugue and roars. If the woman with the golden clogs is the sun and I am a dirt devil, she is the crackle of lightning caught in a jar. She tears at her long, tangled hair and screams at the weeping train ceiling. I can't do this anymore. I'm melting. The woman with the golden clogs looks at me with her luminescent eyes. The tilt of her head is an inspiration. She's one wink away from comrade. We may be melting, she says, and she's speaking directly to me. But we're melting our way. Two years out of my cap and gown, I'm stuck haunting the same the expanse of 13th and 5th when I realize that the smell I have always associated with dorm rooms, the smell I've attached an almost supernatural hatred to, a juicy jawed, bizarre, and arrogant allergy, I realize that smell is actually just the powdery sheets of cheap black garbage bags piled high on every corner. Insofar as revelations go, it is ridiculous. For whatever reason, I want to tell her. Thank you for reading. I should have warned you that I used every word I can't pronounce. No, it's great. <laughs> I love I love your prose. Thank you. I love your voice. <laughs> I was going to say I feel like I feel like it definitely is prose. Like it's like funky prose though. But I do funky think it's prose. prose. I like that. Funky I'm going to put that into my bio. I'm experimenting with some <laughs> funky like, prose. An artist, yeah, yeah, specializes in funky prose. And, uh, Punctuation and is just musical forms. notation. So, yeah, no big deal. It's so, like, delicious, though. You know, it's like, like, it's, reading yeah, stuff like word, that delicious. out loud is like, mm. <laughs> where, Like, where did this come from? Did you just kind of, were you just, like, thinking, thinking of those I, images? It's, I feel like it's very image-driven. I am that kind of nightmare that has a a phone note. I'm never on my phone. Like I'm notoriously the worst texter because I use up all of my like wrist energy on my notes function in my phone. And so, uh, especially in New York City, like I I will just like write down. I, I will, I guess where this piece like came from specifically is I was looking through, I wanted to write something new and I was looking through my phone notes and I realized that like, and I've been keeping them for years, so it spans several years. And I just have a bizarre amount of like encounters where very vibrant strangers will come up to me and give me like a, a pearl of wisdom one-liner. Like this woman Ooh, existed okay. on the train 
and she just looked at like the girl yelled and she looked directly at me and was like we might be melting but we're melting our way <laughs> i was like debbie sunny <laughs> we're best friends like, that's who- <laughs> um but i was looking through my notes and i had all these like for example many years ago my sibling and i were in a bookstore in ireland and this man with like a glass so this is where i imagine the next scene would go of this is like this man with a glass eye came like stumbling in through a storm <laughs> got really close to me and I was like 15 and he said never date a musician they'll sing about all of your shit and then just left <laughs> and I was just like what? That's noted incredible. writing that down and so I just had all of these um, literally noted different <laughs> I was like got it thank you and I just had all these different like encounters like that in my notes when I was writing yesterday and I just started to think about how that's kind of where almost all of my like short story fiction comes from at least like all these random encounters with people and like strange people who just stick in my head i think i have like an encyclopedic or an encyclopedic memory for strangers like i remember strangers Mm. so well and i don't know why um interesting why i was trying to think about this idea of like eyes in the back of my head like i feel like i'm always watching everyone around me and like interacting with them in a very specific way which is something i've missed in quarantine so that's kind of where it came from. I was just yeah. missing Sunny. And I actually, the other day I was waiting on the street um, and I realized I was so stupid. I was like that latexy smell that I've just always, I've never liked it. And like I was in anatomy in high school and those gloves would make me like feel nauseous. And for some reason I've yeah. always associated it with mm-hmm. Weinstein. I was just like, Weinstein smells bad. But it was trash day and I realized that all the of these bags hall. were piled around me. Yeah. I was like, I'm an idiot. They're just the garbage bags that like are always being used in New York City specifically. And for some reason I thought of that girl yeah. in clogs again. I don't know why. Yeah. So that's uh that's my weird roundabout that's story good. for how I wrote this piece. Um, I love that. It's it's so real because like in the pandemic, it's so hard to tell when someone's like smiling at you. Um like, you know what I mean? It's it's like it's hard to connect with people on that like weird subhuman almost level. Yeah, and it hasn't happened for me in a minute. And she was just so delightful. Like she she loved everybody on that train. And I had just come from a, a protest and like I was disgusting. Like I have never been probably smellier in my life. Um, but she was a big fan. I don't know. We got along. <laughs> and that one line we got along. <laughs> Is it, do you imagine it being like you said like that's where the story will go next is it gonna be like a just like a collection of interactions with strangers i've also been thinking i mean yeah i'm not entirely sure like i said this is really kind of brand new in my head i was intending on sitting mm-hmm. down and like writing more of an expansion of the play i did with all work no play and for whatever reason it just wasn't happening yesterday which is when i fell into this okay. idea and I'm also thinking a little yeah. bit about time, like the whole piece about Alaska, just in the pandemic, sort of thinking about what uh, used to differentiate time for me. And I think in a weird way, it was getting in trouble. And now that I'm um. not really doing anything, like no, like, like going, going and getting to like scrapes or like New York City experiences and like all these mm-hmm. little blocks of time that disrupted me, so many of which are attached to strangers, I think fondly of. I sound like a crazy person, but that's okay. Uh, I no. I think it's going there somewhere. Somehow talking about how, like, now that there are no strangers in my life, it feels pretty flat. Mm, yeah. That's, like, my favorite part about living in New York City. You can walk down the street and you can get into a random experience. And obviously, a lot of the time, they aren't great. <laughs> but sometimes they are it's, great. Yeah. <laughs> you have a new, like, best friend. And I guess I, yeah. I'm trying to think about how to... I've never written anything nice about New York, <laughs> I'm trying to write something okay, yeah. nicer about New York. Love that. <laughs> I guess that's where I'm going. 
I feel like everyone who doesn't live in New York writes really romantic things about New York, and everyone who lives in New York, it's always, like, this really, like... Garbage bags. Gotta hate New York. You gotta, <laughs> you know, hate it to love it or something. Right. Like, um, I live here because no like one else very, could. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think that's really fun that year. And it's also, like, it's set in New York, but it's not, like, about New York. Yeah. Um, which is nice. It has little hints. Like, yeah, and you use, like, really good words... Yeah. Like, really juicy words. Thank you. Um, that, that I feel like, like is, like... a clear picture. Per, like, oh, it's almost purposeful. It's not being like, look how many words I know. It's more like, uh, sort of like it adds to the whimsy of it. Yeah, the other day right. I realized how many whimsical. words I don't know. I was reading a book, and I was, like, tempted to get out a highlighter and just, like, highlight all the I words. I still kind of do uses. that. Like, if there's a word I don't know in a book, I'm like, what? Right? I, I'm 22, and I haven't learned that yet. <laughs> I have, like, 50 <laughs> pages of tabs, like, what the hell? The Kelesson I learned from this book, and I was like, well, I gotta use that. <laughs> I have to use this. What a super applicable word. <laughs> right. I was just gonna ask if you often find yourself writing from your notes um, app on your phone, or if that's uh, something def- that's... Definitely. They're definitely not as updated. <laughs> like, now that I'm pretty, uh, like, I see the same variety of people, which obviously is wonderful. Like, I love seeing my friends, but I definitely <laughs> don't necessarily write about my friends, I guess. Um, especially, mm-hmm. or, hmm. what I should say is I write plays and like fiction very differently like yeah. fiction I write mostly from things like my notes and it's a very it's a solitary pursuit inspired by other people if that makes sense mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. whereas plays I usually write very like uh, fantastical is the word that's been on my head but like I write plays for my friends like I like to cast what I call like muses and then I kind of write a play around them mm-hmm. um which has been yeah. very difficult in quarantine <laughs> which is kind of why I have been going back to fiction a little bit because it's a little bit more like I can do it in my bubble yeah um, that makes a lot of sense right like the one show I that I did I, I still kind of implemented the muse system but it definitely felt different than like an in-person process I definitely feel that too there's a lot less collaboration and we'll just kind of be like oh I have this idea let me just like write it and, like, it will take, you know, it takes, like, a couple months to really be, like, so is anyone ever going to read this, or is it just right. going to, like, sit in my computer? Um, right. I don't know if it's, in like, the separation of my brain either. Like, I don't really have any formal, this guy's in the room, sorry, I know you. I don't really have any formal playwriting, like, training. I've written a lot of plays. <laughs> um, yeah. But I never, like, was in a program that sat down and was, like, here's how you write a scene. I just kind of did it my way, which I think Thea obviously yeah. can very much relate to having been in you don't um which it works for me because i'm kind of that's kind of my approach <laughs> hey, to theater anyways i kind of came out of nowhere but i think with writing prose i've always done it even like when i was a kid i was you know that annoying kid with like a journal um and yes. so i'm a little more content to like freeform journal on my own mm-hmm. that makes sense i'm a little more motivated in that sense because for plays it's so it's so much of a collaboration thing it, it reminds me, if it, if it were to be fiction, and I, and I feel like it's definitely going that way, did you ever read Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close? I did not. The book. So, so it's a movie, and the movie's good, but the book does a really cool thing. Like, I think there's a couple other books like this that sort of, like, there's a lot of drawings in the book, like, from the, the main character, who's, like, a young boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, like, you, there's, it's just, like, these, it's sort of just, like, 
I, it's hard to describe. There's, like, an entire chapter in, like, code, so you kind of don't know what it's saying. Oh, and then there's, cool. like, chapters where it's, like, printed over each other, so it's, like, very, like, experimental, whimsical, that sort of thing. And, like, it uses a book structure, which normally people think of, like, chapter one. Yes. Like, da 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 da, da. <laughs> I actually read two books um, so, like, like that recently. It, I have been definitely into that. Oh, which, that was, uh... which ones? Well... One of them is very intellectual, and the other one everyone's going to judge me about, but because it's like a goth girl's dream. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, the first one is A Visit from the Goon Squad, which is, you know, my, my dad would read that one. Uh, the yeah. second one was the uh, Locked Tome Trilogy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, like, wait. I don't know it. <laughs> I feel like I should go grab it to show you the title. Um, <laughs> please, do, please do. It's uh, called they're Gideon the Ninth and Harrowhark the Ninth. Uh, it's about, okay. I think the, the tagline is lesbian necromancers explore a castle in space and it delivers. Stop. Is it really? It this, That's actually the tagline. Two people <laughs> have recommended this series to me. That's so funny. I think I recommended it to you too, like back in, back in the day of 2020. Lauren Montez did as well. Really? I mean, it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great book. I, I just finished it. That but they do a thing in the second book where it's very stylistic. Like, the form is very, like, mm. supports the... I don't know. I loved it. I kind of was copying it a little bit. I like that. For a Patreon, we could put a little yeah. flick of it. But I, I, I've been thinking more and more, and I think you can definitely... Amelia Anning. Art is stealing. <laughs> art is stealing. End quote. Oh, um, end of podcast thank you everybody uh, end of podcast <laughs> and we're done um i've been thinking a lot more and i feel like sam you definitely this definitely applies to you but like a lot of art it's that the, it's not that the story is new in any sort of way like almost every story's been told but it's kind of like how it's put together that is the exciting part like sure. i've been watching a couple tv shows lately that have like interesting structures and i was like oh it's not that this this tv show is like about something i've never heard of it's just like this way it's put together is like super fun to watch and like mm-hmm. it's cool because it's like you're literally telling a story about like someone who meets a stranger on a train like literally i'm sure there are tons of books about that but like the way you're putting it together is like something i've never really seen before so like that's what makes it exciting which i think is really cool like do you you. think about structure when you're when you're writing is that like one of the things you focus on or does it just happen naturally definitely i i think i know when it feels right like the alaska paragraph Mm -hmm. doesn't feel right to me yet Mm, I'm not a yes. musician, but I'm a musical person, if that makes sense. And I think I express that. Yeah, because you writing. score things, like the way that you write. Yeah, like I always try, like, I mean, you were involved in giving up the ghost to the, like, everything we did in that. I, like, I always, like, cast musicians because I want to be, like, I did, took, like, voice lessons for many years, but I can't formally mm-hmm. play any instrument, which drives me crazy. So I feel like I, like, force all of that musicality yeah. through the English language, which is not a great receptacle for it so i tend to use words in ways that they aren't really like meant to be used but like i don't know i think if a sentence sounds right to me like i i kind of brush over definitions it's very like beckett of you to do because like that's with final frontier also sam there was like that one sentence that we were talking about for like an hour the night of do you remember what i'm talking about yes yeah was it that but I was like, this is so interesting. Oh, no, and you and I did, like, a rehearsal right before, and I was like, it's not, it's not quite right. This sentence isn't quite right. Yeah, and you tried on, like, three different versions very patiently for me. (laughs) I love working with the... (laughs) I love that, though. Like, that's so fun that it's, like, it's, like, music in language, and, like, I don't know of any other, like, I don't know anyone personally who writes like that, which is very cool, I think. Man, you guys are buttering me up. 
heartening conversation yeah, for me. <laughs> You're like, and here's some things you should work on. Um, everything else. Everything else. No. I think I appreciate it. I mean, it's always Imagine. fun to work with disco because, like, it, it's kind of the only thing that's really gotten me, like, invested in... It's so easy for me to fall off the artistic grid, I think, because I take a very oh, long absolutely. time to yeah. make things. Um, yeah, I just appreciate disco. Oh, I appreciate you. You're, you're disco. up now. Uh, <laughs> this is actually just for so, us, so, audience. You're not really need. You don't need to be here. This is just for us. Uh, <laughs> so, do you think it'll be like a, a novel in its final form, or this kind of had like a movie esque element because you were like yeah. a camera? I think it would be a film or a, a short story or maybe something multimedia. I wish I animated. Mm. I Classic. Got motion a little bit, but um, I don't know. I think I still need to find the thing that actually like combines it beyond strangers. Um, mm-hmm. Of which I've had some ideas, but I think a film. I've gotten more interested in film as most people I think have, considering just the nature of our current mm-hmm. world. Um, but I do enjoy like my siblings and I used to like make little tiny movies for like Christmas gifts. Like we, I've always feel like I'm like editing poorly but editing um, so I kind of would yeah. like to make something a little bit homegrown in that sense have you ever seen Amelie it's like a French film I actually like have it which is crazy because I feel like what? I'm the I audience actually <laughs> you yeah, I know, definitely I know. should because like... it actually if you were to make this into a film I think it would be really similar like not in a way like oh it's exactly the same but like it has a very similar like essence to it and a lot of Amelie is like focusing in on these characters that you never really return to it'll be like oh this is the woman that blah 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 um so I think you should watch Amelie I think you'd actually I think it actually make a lot of sense <laughs> yeah Amelie falls into that category into. that goes over too many things where I know I'm gonna like it so much that it's gonna be borderline painful so I've just never watched it <laughs> yes. like, I'm, so funny. I'm like I know this is for me so I just can't yeah, yeah I got a nap first like, but no I'm definitely uh I finally got I feel like I've been reading a lot which is nice but I think movies oh, are calling good. my name again so I feel like tv shows at this point are also basically movies they're either 20 minutes long or like tv an shows are incredible right now like we are truly in the golden era of tv um so Sam who are some writers who inspire you uh no one paid me to say this but I, I have very talented friends um, and they do truly inspire me. Uh, mostly because they're always sending me their shit to edit. So I read a lot of it, mm. um, Yep, which is awesome. That was supposed to be a joke, but it sounded way too serious. I love reading my friends stuff. It's like my favorite thing to do. Um, if I could be like an editor for my friends specifically and could be like paid for that, I think I would be a happy, happy little duckling. This girl who wrote Gideon the Ninth, uh, I think it's, Tasman Muir she is her writing style really did like shock me and how because I think technically it's a young adult book but it reads like a like a classic like she uses some juicy words uh, love that otherwise I mean I'm kind of a, a one-hit wonder kind of guy I bounce around a lot I'm very very not faithful to my interesting yeah writers That's I've gotten back to poetry a little bit but I'm kind of a bitch about it <laughs> in what way <laughs> really judgy about poetry <laughs> which is crazy because i actually almost wrote this poem and then i was like there's no way that my like karmic relation to poetry will make that be good 
for anybody. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a fascinating idea. Like, you have to be kind to other people yeah, in the art like, form to have it be well-received. I feel like I'm that's a good so writing good. editor because, like, I, I think I, I have at least enough experience writing that I can, like, sort of say something with at least some, like, merit, if not correctness, because there's no correctness, but, like, a merit to my mm-hmm. opinion. But poetry is one of yeah. those things where I'm like, I could do it better, and then I, I really couldn't. I just didn't. <laughs> so I've been kind of trying to improve my relationship with that. Um, I'm reading a lot of philosophy good. again, which is not good for anybody. Gosh. Yeah, I know. Bergson and Wh- which one? Which one? Anyone in particular? Uh, philosophy work? There's this like, which, theorem which that a French philosopher named Bergson wrote about time and his like, circular nature. And I wrote an essay mm. about it in France, but I was super concussed at the time. So I like annotated ah, it with yes. stick figures. And he like gave me an A. Wow. I don't know why. This guy just took pity on me. This um, guy's like, but I refound it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, Ooh. I found the illustrations the other day. <laughs> and I was like, that actually wasn't my work my work wasn't good, but the actual theorem was very interesting about like cyclical time and the nature Ooh. of language and how mm. our language is built in a way that limits our thinking so greatly. Um, Damn. And I guess whenever I write, I try and think about that and try and I guess that's why I'm not so precious about the use of words anymore, because I, I kind of like to break their boundaries as much as I can. So weird that's answer cool. to what inspires me, but right now is time theorems. No, Good that's not weird at yeah. all. Good to know. I think it's so interesting, too, because I am in no way bilingual, um, but I know a lot of people who know a lot of languages and who, like, the ways that they think are so different from the ways that I think, especially people whose first language was not English, um, that it's just so interesting yeah. to think about this idea. And that's cool that that inspires your writing. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just always like to, I always like to think about, uh, I've been thinking about the binary a lot recently because I had a conversation with my friend who lives in France. And, like it's, It is a very different language. There's so much binary forced through a romantic language. And I was just thinking about how, mm-hmm. like, in expression of myself, like, using they, them, and she, her pronouns, like, my expression of something is just to be as far away from the binary. Or I guess we were talking about, if you're not something, then are you the other thing? And I was like, I don't mm. think so, at least in the queer experience. Like, mm. I guess talk about, like, yeah. cis versus trans or whatever. Like, you know, I'm non-binary, but I don't feel like I necessarily relate to the trans experience. But I don't think that you kind of have to pick one or the other. Like, I think that's a very specific and important experience that, like, the gray areas of queerness that at least I have been thinking about recently. It's like, I'm trying to, I think there's room for all of it. I'm thinking about that with language. Yeah, like yeah that's kind of interesting. Cause like what I kind of like, I always think about this, like a lot of people think of like, uh, like I guess even like queer sexuality as like, like a line, like one end is gay and the other one is straight and people fall somewhere along the line. But like, I think, and this same with, I think with gender expression, but I think it's actually a circle. Yeah. And like, uh, and like, there's two points, and you can be anywhere on the circle, yeah, which I has agree. to do with the cyclical theory of time. Sure does. Boom. Which has Period. nothing to do with boom. the piece boom. I wrote. Boom. Okay. boom, done. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I just have been thinking things are about circles, like, not lines. Trying to hold the space circles, for everyone's experience is important to me. It's actually that like kind of feeds into my play world, especially. I was thinking about this with like how I write plays, especially getting up the ghost in the final frontier, and I realized like the crucial thing for me in a play is that none of the rules or restrictions are ever inside of the the character and how they like are like none of the things that you would write down in a profile are ever going to be the thing that's dependent on a rule 
Like, mm-hmm. I want an actor to walk in and tell me exactly what they are, exactly what they want to be in this. And like, well, the only things against them are the environment. I guess that's what I've been thinking about. I don't think my role in artistic telling is creating stories about like restrictions being put on things like gender or sexuality. Like people do beautiful work on that. And I don't think I- Oh, I see what you're saying. And I was just thinking about like where my art fits into, I've been trying to think about where my art fits into like the grander scheme of like benefiting the world. Like what can we do? And I guess Mm. I was trying, I think it's important to me when I like bring an actor into a room like I like to create these playgrounds. You might push away from being like, "This is a play about like a person coming out." Right, and those plays like, are da, necessary da, da. and like so important. Yeah, I but, but I, I get what you mean. Like, My just because the character back, is a like letting a bunch of queer actors run around with their shirts yeah. off if you want to. Yes, I understand what you mean now. Okay, that okay. makes a lot of sense. Not making like their that. like sort of like their identity marker as like their only characteristic. I kind of think of my plays as like playdates, and I like to make playdates. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Play dates. It's really cute. I feel yeah. like that idea is coming more and more, like becoming more and more mainstream, where like identity markers are no longer on like character breakdowns. Not that that's being totally mm-hmm. eradicated, but I think it's becoming more and more common now that people aren't writing like the evil white man into their play as much as like right. in the past couple of years. You know what I mean? Like it's more and more like maybe we don't mm-hmm. need that character and we can just. <laughs> Like having like as many people represented as possible and not making and not having it have to be explained is like something that's important to me. Like just just pushing past it and being like, this is how it is. This is what the world actually looks like. There's a bunch of different people doing a bunch mm-hmm. of different things, and now we're all stuck in the final frontier and it sucks. Like, but it doesn't it's suck terrible. because of who we are. It just sucks. Like, right, right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not explaining it, my most eloquent, but play dates. I want to that's create okay. very play accepting and personal play dates, and then I want to put them on stage. Yeah. So you have, like, inspiration to make films. Like, there anything you're, like, toying with or, like, ideas that you're toying with, like, for a film that you feel like would fit into, like, f- film format? I love... Here's another... Oh, man, there's gonna be so many weird pulls from this podcast. <laughs> I love martial art epics. Uh, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I've been thinking about them a lot when I'm not thinking about time theorems <laughs> and watching sci-fi. Um, wow, I'm an adult. Uh, I <laughs> love the way they are filmed. I love that they are usually very mm-hmm. uh, color-focused. Uh, back in the day in Stone Street, I took a prompt to make my own three-minute movie uh, that everybody else executed very successfully and made like funny three-minute pieces, and I made a very sad, unnecessarily long nine-minute piece, uh, which is oh. just kind of how I roll. But I've really been thinking about remaking it in a superior fashion because it is so color focused. And I would love, originally before COVID, I was trying to like network with some of my more international friends um, and film it mm-hmm. in three different seasons in three different places. Uh, that's not reason for a whole But I have been thinking about, it was like about paint and like different colors representing like different people and just connections in that way and also a little bit of memory. So I've been thinking a lot about color in film, especially. Um, Color in film Actually. and strange angles. Strange angles. Strange That's angles. That's a band name. I think so. Strange, strange angles. A- strange, a- strange angles. Probably listen. Maybe to- one word. Yeah, it's definitely one word. <laughs> and one number. <laughs> one letter is probably wrong. It's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like There's the no, like, L in angles is a yeah. one or something. Yeah. Like a little explanation. Absolutely. Point. It's Brendan Urie's <laughs> yeah. <book> band. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Absolutely. martial art epics and how they are color dependent. So I've yeah, music as well. My I guess I'm That's just cute. obsessed with music. I would like to be musical. <laughs> <laughs> you still have it calls time. me constantly. I would love to know what you do when you have writer's block. I go for a walk usually. Um, I am from New Hampshire, where walking is the, the statewide pastime. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Robert Frost, our claim to fame. <laughs> and Seth Myers, apparently. Apparently he's from Bedford, which I didn't know. Oh, yes. Um, That's so interesting. So our two claims to fame, Late Night and Robert Frost. I was listening to creative writing class in NYU, and she um, brought in a Robert Frost poem, and she just like was waxing eloquent about this Robert Frost poem, and I like couldn't stop laughing, because in New Hampshire, <laughs> he's like, it's like Robert Frost, like from like live next to his house. Like he's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's all right. That's awesome. Uh, well, see, this is me being a bitch Let's about poetry. Down, I can't do it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> he's all right. Robert Frost is a great, great the poet. Most famous American poet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on the record, Sam hates Robert Frost. <laughs> um, no, like Robert Frost is great, but I was like, she was like, "What's wrong with you? Like, do you need a minute?" And I was like, "I'm so sorry. I can't explain to you culturally like why this is funny to me." But Robert Frost is a big walker. Uh, it's the point of this Good little side note. Isn't his poem like I it's was mostly walking about walking, in the wood, yeah. <laughs> woods and I came upon a path or something? That's exactly I think I probably it. don't like Good. it because that is also me. Like everything Robert Frost is doing, I'm like, oh yeah, I would probably do that too. But yeah, I go to walks. I get, yeah. I get into little lighthearted scrapes, not so much anymore. But like I like to, nature definitely inspires me a lot. Um, I'm a very mm. nature focused person, which is why I moved here. Um, and you're being New York. <laughs> uh, nature. I find it, but it's hard. Uh, yeah. I was feeding a squirrel outside our window for a while, much to Thea's dismay. Stop, squirrel. <laughs> she was I nice. Squirrels, that. anyway. Keep going. <laughs> oh, Stanley. R.I.P. Stanley. Um, I was trying to remember his name. That's it. Yep. Yeah, it was Stanley. I don't think Stanley's with us anymore. But then a new baby squirrel visited. Anyways, more more fun facts about Sam. Uh, nature inspires me. I definitely look to nature and I go for walks. And I think people inspire me. Um, sometimes like stories and things like that will inspire me. I like to pull from uh, fairy tales a lot. Fairy tales and mythology. I like to go back to every now and again because, like I said, most of our most of our stories are the same. But that's a a good way not to represent most things, but also an interesting way to jump off of. Um, definitely. Mm -hmm. So fairy tales. I am definitely a sucker for a non-traditional fairy tale. Which is why I read goth books. (laughs) Lesbians in space? Is that what it's about? I mean, it's a great book, I'm just saying. That was a a great book. (laughs) I hope I started giving that advertise. Just from this. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah, we'll get on that. We'll All get our on viewers that. suddenly reading We'll organize. <laughs> <laughs> and a reading of Gideon the Ninth with <laughs> It's like fully supposed yeah, to be, you, I think. You like, should do the you should do the film adaption. You should, I should. get those I mean, rights. The film budget would be that, so. actually insane. It is it's pretty gory. <laughs> it's fine, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. I have faith in us. <laughs> we have walks well. walks in nature, so I apologize, Robert. Thanks for the idea. Yeah. Robert Thank you for inventing Frost. walking, Robert Frost. Thank you so much. <laughs> like to dedicate this podcast to Robert. King Robert. <laughs> I actually did use a Robert Frost poem for my indie, and I think that was my way of like trying to acknowledge this weirdly contentious relationship I have with Robert Frost. <laughs> Between you and Robert. Frost. <laughs> yeah, he has this. Uh, yeah, he has a quote where it's like, "Every man has a right to go to hell their own way." 
when I like use that for mm, my indie. I think it's, I think it's a great you. quote because Robert Frost. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. That's uh, so wow. Wow. I'm learning a lot though? about me in this process. This is actually very cathartic. <laughs> That's good. Good. This is what Good. Zoom and therapy is like. That everyone. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No. Absolutely. We're actually licensed therapists. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get sued for making that false claim? Anyway. No. Um, <laughs> Maybe. And on that note, thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Sam, for coming along. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Of course. Um, Well, if you're listening and you don't already follow us on Twitter and Instagram, I don't know what you're doing. doing. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So follow us at Invisible Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and on Twitter. It's IDP Presents WPB. And that's it, folks. (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you next Friday. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, (laughs) Sam. Thanks, Amelia. Thank you. Thank you, Thea. Writer's Block Party was created by Invisible Disco Productions. It's produced by Amelia Annan, Dennis Blatt, Lauren Montez, Thea Thronson, Colleen Annan, Jess Thronson, and Jim Keane. And is edited by Noah Friend. If you enjoyed this, check us out at IDP Presents WBP on Twitter and at Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and Patreon. Thanks and have a great week.